the right door on your way down. There's no telling where you'll end up. Can you make it through? To the night's end. friend. I hope we don't come across that Snow Queen here in the house. <laughs> Malik is bad enough. It's awfully quiet in here. I haven't seen anyone around, have you? Hopefully hard at work trying to find Malik's remains. Hang on, can you hear that? It's coming from over here. Let's go. Okay, a room full of clown dolls. Someone has an unhealthy obsession. <laughs> Friend, there's a pedestal over here. A fairy floss machine. Let's check it out. Girl at the Fair Written by A. L. Hodges Narrated by Michael Payne The fair was reconstructed in identical fashion every year as groggy June ended and the hottest part of the summer commenced. The scattering of amusements was always erected on the same spot in the center of an empty field set apart for the yearly revelries like hollowed ground. All during the first week of July, the swirling rides and neon signs were an oasis of light and machinery in a sprawling green wilderness. Despite the fair's remote location, crowds still bombarded the tents 12 hours a day for seven days. The Calliope was a shofar's call that summoned farmers and factory schlubs to the festival of fried food and cheap grills. During the night of the 4th, Bo found himself on sensory overload. He heard voices humming all around him with a resonating background of saccharine, tinkly music and shrieking children. The night air was thick with the multifaceted scent of wood chips, french fries, and cotton candy. He heard a barker calling for folks to step right up. That's right, try your hand, only five bucks for a ticket. There was the crack ding of the strength tester and the electronic orchestra buzzing out of the arcade booth. His ears perked at the shrieks from the roller coaster, accompanied by spooky echoes humming out of the speakers of the ghost ride. The chaotic argle-bargle was a welcome change from the gray monotone that normally punctuated his daily life in nowhere North Carolina. Bo was 19 years old and staring down the barrel of a life sentence served in a small town with no hope of escape. The fair was one of the few reprieves he could look forward to when the county sprang dough for a few nights of summer amusements. So far, he had spent half an hour looking for his buddy Paul. They had come together, but had gotten separated somewhere amongst the bustle of the crowds. It was during his frantic search for Paul amongst the tents and rides that he saw the gorgeous girl in the lavender dress. And the minute he laid eyes on her, his heart started tap dancing. She was leaning up against a pretzel booth with her arms behind her back and one leg propped against the wooden frame while the other jutted down to the ground. 
Her mauve dress dripped off her shoulders and ended in a hem cut high on some scrumptious hips. She was barefoot and appeared to be braless. Well, couldn't help but study her with the keen eye of a zoologist observing an exotic form of animal life. His gaze trailed slowly up her dainty ankles, her shapely legs, the stirrup of her broad hips, and finally across her curvaceous neck. But that face! Everything above the shoulders was encased in a rubber wolf mask that completely obscured her head. It had chocolate brown fur, bulging yellow eyes, and a comically snarling mouth. The gaudy thing looked to Bo like some lame prize won from the ball toss or the shooting gallery. Did he know her? There was something very strange, almost xenophobic, about the way she stood apart from all the other people milling around. She was not just alone, but seemed to be actively avoiding the crowds of people enjoying the night air. He finally decided to take the plunge. With his chest puffed out and a saunter in his step, Bo went up to her. Hey baby, you look lonely. The head turned slowly toward him, the snarling face glaring with its bulging plastic eyes. The voice that leaked out from the frozen snarl was muffled but dulcet. Even the filter on that silly cartoon mask could not disguise the honey that dripped from her every word. Maybe I am. Well, I'm feeling kind of lonely too. And a fairy ain't no place to be alone, yeah? I agree. Well, if I'm lonely and you're lonely, maybe we ought to be lonely together. What do you think? Sounds brilliant. That rubber face gawked and flashed its teeth. She seemed to be waiting for him to say something. How about, uh, how about a turn on the Ferris wheel? That sound good to you? You have a talent for suggesting exactly what I'm thinking. The two ended up spending the rest of the evening together. He did most of the conversing and spent all his pocket money trying to keep this latest catch entertained. They went on the Ferris wheel, the Tilt-A-Whirl, and the roller coaster. Bo walked around with his arm draped over that delicious waist, feeling the sway and jolt of her hip as she walked. With every step she took, those bad boys jumped like a live wire. Her lips were silent, but the rest of her body was plenty talkative. Bo tried again and again to coerce her to take that mask off. He bought her cotton candy, hoping she would try to eat it. Instead, she held the cardboard cone for half an hour before finally throwing it away. He had got a delicious-looking cheesesteak sandwich for them to share, but she declined and watched him eat it alone. Wherever she had gotten that gaudy eyesore, she was certainly attached to it. Bo now wanted more than anything to look into her eyes and see the face behind that mound of Taiwanese rubber. He was burning with curiosity, but he did not want to botch his chances of getting lucky by pushing things too far. The fair started winding down and Bo's need for her had only grown despite her aloofness. He finally decided to ask her outright. What's your name, doll? She turned with a stare that was obscured behind that rubber absurdity. You don't need any names, do we? He thrust his hand forward, grabbing for the latex wolf mask. Why don't you take that off, baby doll? Talking's easier when you do it eye to eye. She pulled away in a clear gesture of distaste. He frowned, then shrugged. Hey, however you want it. But despite this compromise, he still longed to see her eyes, her cheeks, and her hair, which he hoped was luscious. The secrets behind that mask called to him begged to be discovered by his probing hands and lips. At 11 o'clock, the fireworks started to pop overhead. 
signaling an end to the glorious ritual of American splendor. Bo still had no idea where Paul was, but that suited him just fine. Maybe he had met someone and hitched a ride back to town. The only important thing right now was getting this gorgeous creature back to his trunk. She had been hinting in subtle ways that she was getting warmed up for him. He put an arm around her waist and guided her toward the open field where the vehicles were parked. Other people had started leaving as well now that the fair was in its last hour, and there was a general move toward the car lot. Only a few stragglers were distracted by the fireworks and lingered to watch the glowing sparks bloom in the sky. Bo turned to the girl, the rubber hide of the wolf mask glowing in the light. Need a ride back to town, baby doll? My truck's big enough for two. The snarling face turned to him, the rubber eyes staring but seeing nothing. Yes, thank you. Bo was parked on the very edge of the field, away from all the other cars. He had placed his truck on the very periphery of the parking area so that it would be easier to leave when the festivities concluded. He was now doubly grateful for the distance as he led his prize back to his truck. The lights from the Ferris wheel and the Tilt-A-Whirl were little more than twinkling stars in the most distant reaches of the lot. Bo and his lovely lady encountered exponentially fewer people as they moved farther out. Only a small scattering of people hung out in the parking area sitting inside their vehicle while watching the sparks burst overhead. Bo was glad to see such a sparsity. He wanted no interruptions while he worked his magic on this latest conquest. One of his chief goals now was to see if he could finally get that bloody thing off. Meanwhile, he kept trying to think of something to say as they walked. She was practically strutting, waist wiggling, her body glowing in the starburst from overhead. The popping and cracking sounded like the echoes of a distant and apocalyptic war. She allowed him to lead her through the rows of cars, her arm on his shoulders in a gesture of acceptance. She knew what was coming and seemed to find it agreeable. After a bit of wandering, they finally came to his rusty old Ford sitting by the fence that marked the borders of the designated field. The truck was in the secluded shadow of a beech tree, with the nearest car about three yards removed. The fireworks, the fire, the mutter of voices, the picnickers and idlers, all this might as well be on another planet light years away. Bo's original intent in parking so far away was to beat the rush of exiting revelers when the fair ended. Now he saw that his spot doubled as the perfect place to discreetly enjoy what's done in the dark. When they arrived, she paused by the truck bed and just stared at him. The mask glared with yellow eyes that seemed to glow in the dark. Without a word, she hopped over tailgate in a single leap and climbed into the bed of the truck. She turned and beckoned to him, her fingers gently caressing the air. There was no need for any further coercion as he followed her with a broad grin on his face. While he was getting in, she teased the dress off and let it fall from her shoulders. The colors from the showering sparks overhead flashed across her bare flesh. She was beautiful, almost angelic. Soon Bo was on his back, gasping and sweating, utterly spent. She was crouched over him, staring down at his prone body from behind that latex snarl. Please, baby, I gotta at least see your face. The rubber eyes examined him. Do you? (sighs) Have to. At first, the grotesque mask met his gaze in silence. Then she slowly reached up and buried her palms in the rubber seam where the pristine flesh of her shoulders gave way to latex. It's too late anyway. Her dainty hands began to claw at the greasy rubber and her palms pressed against the base of the mask. 
It made a sickening squelch as it detached itself from her skin with a viscous inertia that made Bo feel sick to his stomach. He stared in shock as pus and gelatinous ooze started squirting from the chasm of the masked seam. It continued to rise in slow and painful gradations, the mixture of organic glop cascading over the shoulders. As the mask was stripped away, it gave rise to a neck carpeted with necrotic splotches where pale flesh transitioned into something utterly inhuman. From this arid landscape of carotinous metamorphosis came an eruption of scales and pustules that sprouted chitinous stubs and insectoid protrusions. The wolf head finally broke free with a final wet slap and uncovered a pair of swollen lips split into a grin stretched over two rows of fanged teeth. The moonlight revealed the sneering face of the thing Bo sold his soul to see. He screamed helplessly when he realized what he was doomed to become. You've been listening to the Night's End podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. The Girl at the Fair was written by A. L. Hodges. You might recognise his name from previous episodes. He is also the author of Finding the Lost Pen from Season 1 and The Infestation, a Patreon-exclusive episode. For more from A. L. Hodges, you can find more of his work at Bewildering Stories, The J.J. Tray Review, The Hauler Magazine, and Tall Tale TV. Links are in the show notes. This episode was narrated by Michael Payne. This August, look for Mike Payne in the Automobilia Anthology at www.omicronworld.com forward slash speculative stories. Link is in the show notes. Jimmy Horrors was performed by James Barnett. This episode was edited and produced by James Barnett. If you're enjoying our episodes and can't wait for more, why not sign up to become a patron for as little as a dollar a month? You can receive rewards such as exclusive merch, extra episodes, and other bonus content. Head over to patreon.com forward slash podcast. And as always, stay horrific, everyone. <laughs>